We got time. You come off the bench. You're feeling pretty shitty, but I'll have the first period one, of course. Everybody does. It's Matthew shot and scores! Austin Matthews with a wrister from well out. And now Marner comes to center, trying to flip it in on the left wing for Nice. Nice centers! Back at scores! Austin Matthews again! Yeah, I mean, after the first, just the, the energy and, you know, the booze and stuff, rightfully so. But, um, you know, didn't want them to go to sleep quite yet. That was smart. Fan morning show, Sportsnet 590, the fan, Ben Ennis, Brent Gunning. Listen, we're not going to sleep during a Leaf game, no matter what God, the score no. is, especially when we're at the game. That would be <laughs> tough luck. It's the old narcolepsy in the... <sighs> yeah, that would have been tough. I mean... If things had continued the way they had started in yesterday's hockey game, it, it, you can understand people who work normal jobs and like don't aren't financially obligated right. to watch right. the entirety of a 60-minute hockey game. Might have thought about flipping that bad boy off yesterday. Yep. But smartly they did not, and uh, Maple Leafs erase a 4-1 deficit against the Tampa Bay Lightning. Azealia Samsonov gets. Uh, Relieved of his duties for a second consecutive time against the Lightning. And uh, Joseph Wall looks hella good. And Austin Matthews scores his 12th and 13th goal of the season through now 12 games this year. On a greater pace than even Wayne Gretzky was in 81-82. On a slightly greater pace than Connor McDavid was a season ago who had 12 goals through 12 games through his season. McDavid then scored in his next three straight. Yeah, well, so I'm just and trying also, to provide some context. Also, Gretzky scored four goals in game number 13. Wainer. I, Shocker. I, I, Pretty I, good. I don't think Austin Matthews is going to score. Like, okay. Feel yeah. free to play this back. I don't think he's going to score 90 goals this season. Okay, I think you're safe there. But it is, <laughs> it is a remarkable turnaround for a guy who, yeah, we keep talking about how hilarious it is that his down year is 40 goals. Yes. But... For a guy... Really puts all the Vladdy down year conversations in perspective, doesn't it? Right. I know that's a different conversation. Yeah, for a guy who was a good, just not great goal scorer a season ago, scored the same number as William Nylander, reasserting himself (laughs) atop the the standings as far as uh, the NHL's leading goal scorer. It's it's one of the positive developments around a team that's, that's had a few, but he's prime among them. Yeah, I mean, look, like we can sit here and talk about how great Marner is. Marner's an, an amazing player, a top, you know, three, two right winger in the in the NHL. He gives you full value every night. Nylander, the strides he has taken. Tavares, a point-per-game guy still into the second-to-last year of his contract. Like, I think we're all, like, kind of overstating or understating that a little bit, but let's let's also not paper over anything. Like, all those guys are capable of having games that steal games for those guys. That's the guy, man. He's the best player in franchise history. And I just, I after games like that, you got to state it over and over again. Yeah, Biz called him the gloat yesterday. Which, which sounds so much better than groat for yeah. Kyle Lowry. <laughs> it does. Groat, it, uh, I mean, it it's sounds tough. like a disease. It really got a bad case of the groat. Oh, God. Ooh. Oh, yeah, gloat? Yeah, the greatest leaf of all time. I think, like, we all understand that, that that's where this guy is headed. Um This Insider is brought to you by Don Valley North Lexus, where you can expect excellence online and in the showroom. Visit DonValleyNorthLexus.com. When I think Insider, I think 
our man Sam McKee of Real Kipper and Born. How, how is it on the inside, Sam? Yeah. I'm I'm inside a purple robe right now, boys. I'm just chilling here. <laughs> this is the second so straight little... say, straight week we've had someone tell us immediately about how relaxed they are to do this interview. We had David Amber literally from his bed last week, and now we have you in a Barney purple robe. So that's awesome. Well, the thing about me and Amber is we have very similar bodies, mm-hmm. so I can put that out there too. So you guys can uh, you guys can get the visual going. Mm. Me and Amber, it's the same physique. Yeah, we've seen know, we've seen chill. those legs. Yeah, I, I don't know. I kind of thought you were you were a robe guy. Yeah, I have a robe, oh, yeah. I, and, I, and there's been moments in my life where I've used it. I'm not I'm not a robe guy. Like, yeah, it's a good for you. Good I, for you being a robe guy. I have a robe, but I'm usually if I'm cold wearing like a hoodie in the in the house. Not a not a robe guy, but yeah, it feels very on brand for you. I gotta say, Mickey, you mm. do feel. Robish. It's, it's a really great robe. It's even a little short sleeved. It's just it's monogram. It's a f- no, but it's a phenomenal. <laughs> Only in your world, Ben. Robe. Yeah, I actually have a yeah. monogram. Of course robe. you do. <laughs> of course you do. <laughs> All right. I, Christmas ideas for Allie there, boys. Yeah. What are you asking for a monogram robe for my, for uh, for Christmas? It's a great look, buddy. I have a purple monogrammed <laughs> robe. It is. It is a purple. Yeah, oh my god, that electric. is so on brand. Like, is, is the writing? Is the monogram in gold? Does it look like a crown royal bag? Yes. Oh, amazing. <laughs> okay, we, we have to talk Leafs, or I'll talk about this for forty uh, minutes. Are the Leafs back, Sammy? Four straight losses. It was crisis time in Leafsland, and you know they're down four-one, getting booed off the ice. Second time this season after that first 20 minutes against their Atlantic Division rivals, and they bounce back with their best 20-minute performance of the season, end up with the full two points in overtime. Are they all the way back? I don't know. They're, the Lightning <laughs> suck, I think. I think the Lightning are no good, boys. They, uh, they, they, when it comes to holding leads against the Leafs, they are like, uh, they're like my old man from four feet. They got the yips. They can't, they, can't, uh, they can't do it. I don't know. It's really weird now that this is – how many straight games have just blown a huge lead? I think the Leafs have uh, maybe unlocked something last night a little bit with the new look lineup and credit to the coaching staff for coming up with that one with Domi in the middle and Nyes up top and you know the, the fourth line that doesn't include uh, Ryan Reeves who didn't even play <laughs> over five minutes last night. But yeah, like I thought them coming back in that game after a dreadful Samsonov start to the game was encouraging, but I, I really... I this is a day to day thing, you know. When you know when they say that cliche, uh, the Leafs when when anybody's asked, like we're taking it a day at a time. I'm taking it a day at a time with this team. I really have no idea what to expect Wednesday. Good win, really needed it on last night, but man, it's a it's a weird team to try to predict right now. They're a very strange hockey club. Yeah, that Wednesday game, uh, man, it's going to be an interesting one. Sen's going to come to town, super ornery bunch. We know Kachuk always is against this team. Like that's going to be. I'm very curious to see how everybody re- responds there. I mean, we've we've talked so much about Matthews uh, off the top here, so I do want to talk about that third line that that you mentioned there. I mean, I don't think anybody is is uh, kidding themselves as to what it is. That's a group that you feel really good about in one part of the ice and then the other not so much although Yarncroft gives them a, a bit of a conscience there and I mean Domi this is this is what he needs to do he needs to be with players who can shoot the puck and, and finish there's no point in Domi the same way there's no point in David Camp being on the team if he's not centering a checking line there's no point in Max Domi being on this team if he's not going to play with skill play with skilled players and we saw it wasn't clicking with uh, with Willie and JT so I I loved the look of that last night and him and Robertson like it is the best it feels like the best chance for for both of them to, to succeed. 
Yeah, I mean, I'm really, yeah, I'm really hoping that Robertson just stays healthy and stays in the lineup and just looks like an NHL player for for a month. Please. Really nice because he's had he's had a lot of bad luck in his career in terms of injury. But um, yeah, Simmer mentioned it a bunch in the broadcast last night, and it's something I noticed too with them with with Domi down the middle. It just felt like he was skating so much more than he has been in, mm-hmm. in games past, right? Like he just seems so much more engaged. So much more engaged physically too. Like he was punching that guy in the face during the play, and he just seemed like he was—he really took that assignment to heart and really took it seriously. It was really giving it his all last night. And you put him with a couple guys that can shoot the puck. Like the goal that they end up tying it on, it just shows off Domi's skill so well. He enters the zone, he gets it down low, he finds a—he finds Robertson with a really nice saucer pass, and Robertson hammers it on net. Yarncroft with the tap in. It just showed off all his skills. And I thought even before that, he was really buzzing. He had that one rush where he went around the guy. He went in on net. He tried to backhand it in tight on Johansson. But, yeah, I, for them to see that third line last night, I'm sure Keith slept a little bit better last night after what's probably been a few sleepless nights in the last couple of weeks. He, I think finding that third line last mm-hmm. night and just seeing what they look like gives him a little bit of hope that this isn't going to be a total disaster because, boy, it was looking like one there just after the Buffalo game. Yeah, yeah, the the depth scoring is obviously an issue for this team. But also, like, finding somebody to play with Matthews and Marner hasn't been the easiest deal. I mean, this is, you know, seeing Matthew Nyes up there is something that I think we all anticipated happening at some point this I season. Think that's the most frustrating part, though, is it's like, oh, man, who can play with them? And yeah. we've all been sitting there pointing to him. Sorry, go yeah, ahead. Yeah, no, to get I, was just, I was just going to say, I mean, what, what did you – I obviously, th- th- that feels after a one-game sample, like that's that's the line. It's going to be the one of the most dominant in all the National Hockey League the rest of the season. Any time you, you got a line that involves Matthews and Marner, like it's going to be pretty dominant. And he was doing all right with a revolving cast of characters um, on that top line as well. But that really does feel like, yeah, it, to Brent's point, like it feels like it should have been an easy fit there, but it hasn't been. I mean, early returns are pretty good that Matthew Nyes is actually going to bring something to, to a guy that's now got 13 goals in 12 games this season. I like that they were patient with it, fellas, because... You know, I think Keefe has been pretty quick to hammer guys up there. Like, think about Nick Ritchie. Think about, he didn't he start Joe Thornton on that line? Boy, like, did he. New guys that come in, new guys that come in, he just seems to, like, get really horned up and be like, they're going on the top line right away. It's going to be so sick. It's going to be amazing. And we saw it with Bertuzzi. Like, Bertuzzi was talked about all offseason as this guy that's like, he's going on the top line. They're going to be the best offensive line in hockey. He's going up there. He's going up there. It got built up to this point where the expectations were almost impossible to meet. And he kind of flamed out pretty quickly. And they went away from that really quick. So I like that they didn't start with, I like that they didn't start with uh, Nyes up there because, you know, he's a kid. He's just getting his feet wet in the NHL here. But yeah, like he looked amazing. And I'm not surprised that a really skilled offensive guy with some size looked a lot better with Austin Matthews than he does with David Camp and on the fourth <laughs> line. Like it's there's no there's no like I could I could tell you why that happened. Like Marner was unbelievable last night. Yep. Matthews was excellent again. It's just yeah, you play the skill guy who with some other skill players and I it's going to be good. I love Nyes using his physicality last night. I thought he was pacing guys a little bit, trying to take the puck. That's what you need for for a guy that plays with Matthews and Marner physical guy that's going to hit some guys, get the puck, get it towards the front of the net. And he did that last night. Like that turnaround backhand pass when yeah. after the, the saucer from Matthews, like those guys look like that was like Sedin's. Like those guys look like they've been playing together for 10 <laughs> years. It was unbelievable. So 
Uh, really nice work for them on the top line. I'm really excited to see them again on Wednesday. The Sedines of Scottsdale. Scottsdale. That'll be uh, their their new moniker there. Yeah, you, nice. You know, you you mentioned Bertuzzi there, and you know, I think I think part of the reason Nice is clicking better than Bertuzzi is that he's a better player. Like I I just I, it's clearly a guy whose skill set fits oh, better boy. with that group. I think he's a better player. No, no. I, I'm not get gonna the, get the whip out, Gunner. No, I'm not gonna. I'm not even gonna lead. I'm not gonna lead the witness. I have. I have made my comment or my opinion very, very clear on how things are, yeah, are going I'm with that. David Clarkson. Well, I'll, okay, but where I said it could. Everybody, every time I say it could, people say, "Oh, it's a fact." You're saying this. Uh, I said it could. He's playing in like his David first Clarkson. ten games of the season, though. So that's good. I don't know. Is it better? I don't know. Maybe it was. <laughs> it's where, Nick Ritchie. Where it's are you, Nick Ritchie? Okay, it's not David Clarkson. Well, uh, great. Great then. If where are you at on the player? Do you see a world where he kind of finds a fit? Last night obviously wasn't great. You know, there's just no I, good last night. No good. I keep waiting. There was a I forget if it was the second or third third goal. I said it to Ben before the puck even went in the, the back of the, the Leafs net there that you know he had a play, he was forechecking, he had a chance to kind of blow it up. Both guys skate right by him, and nine seconds later the puck's in the back of the Leafs net. Now again, plenty of things happen. That's not on Bertuzzi, but if you're not forechecking, if you're not being that menace, if you're not scoring, what is it you'd say you do here? And I think that's just where the the criticism for me lies, is that if you're not scoring, it's fine. Like, if you're for a middle six guy, the puck doesn't have to go in all the time, but you got to find a way to give them something. Yeah, I think it's a pretty concerning situation here with Tyler Bertuzzi, and I really want to love this guy. Like, there's just so many things that I... Listen, we've all watched this guy play hockey his whole career. Mm-hmm. We know... When he's at his best, like, remember those Red Wings teams? Like, oh he was my one God. of the guys I feared the most. I hated him. He was just a buzzard. Like, he just never stopped <laughs> in front of the net. Like, he was just, he was greasy. He was fighting. I, I just, I don't know if it's a confidence thing. I don't know if he already hates it here. Like, me and Bunk had a long chat about it last night on Leafs Talk. Like, I don't know if he already hates it here. Mm. I, I, I don't know what's going on with him. But, you know, when you see a guy that is coming out of a slump, you can feel it, right? You're like, oh, yeah, that guy's all over it. Like yep. his chances are coming. He played 17 minutes last night. Did he have a chance? No. No. Like did he have the puck on his stick in the slot? No, the opposition like, the Lightning it, had plenty of chances when he was on the ice. Yeah, I think he was him Willie and Tavares all were all minus two. two. Oh no, Willie was minus 1 cuz he got the overtime points. So he would have been right. on the ice the overtime winner so he was only minus 1. But yeah, like they were by far the worst line last night and I think a big part of it He's not bending his knees in a defensive zone. Like, he just looks like he's completely disengaged. And I don't know if it's a relationship with the coach or just he's fighting it that hard. But when you're looking for a guy that's coming out of a slump, you're looking for signs. And I haven't seen anything. So this is this is getting pretty scary here now, fellas. It's, it's, we're heading towards American Thanksgiving. Mm. And what has he got? Two? Two and one? Or has he got three? Yeah, he's got, two no, he's got two and both are on the power play, right? He has, he has no yeah. five-on-five goals. It's not good. It's not good. It's, they're paying him the most of any forward <laughs> under the core four. Like they, they need production out of him. This uh-huh. is a spot in the lineup that they paid a lot of money for premium production. So mm. I haven't quite called him David Clarkson yet, yeah. but like it's getting it's getting to scary town with Tyler Bertuzzi here, and he knows it. He's fighting it. He feels all the pressure. Like Gunner's least favorite moment in Leafs history the other day when they were talking to him about how mm. you know how he was smiling on the bench. It's like welcome to Toronto, buddy. You can't do anything here without it mm-hmm. being broken down. That's the business. That's the game. So we'll see how this goes, but it's heading the wrong direction, boys. One, well, you you joke about that, and yeah, I did. I did hate it because it just felt like a player who was so unwilling to realize what like 
how hard would it have been to say, yeah, that was a bad look? Like, how, like how hard Pretty would hard. that have been to say? And it would have been hard to say? Like, it's hard to admit that you made a mistake well, Gunner, all the time. Gunner, I'm sure, I'm sure everyone on this conversation would react really well in a room where there's a bunch of people looking at you, talking to you about mm-hmm. three days after how you didn't respond and how you smiled on the bench when in a hockey game, Every single person who's ever played one game of hockey listening to us right now knows that every single person has smiled sarcastically in every game. Right. I've done that a thousand times. Yeah, but he's it's a thing. But like, yeah, it totally no, is like, a, he, a thing. He was, but he's he been pissed. Br- he was brought up to stand there at, at the very again. If he has five goals and that line's clicking, he could have he could have given Brad Marchand a candy when he came to the bench. For all I cared, honestly. But it's just when yeah, nothing's sure. going that way to be so disengaged. And then honestly, if last night's game would have looked different and it would have said, okay, like this was wake up city. Everyone, I've really been wearing the slings and arrows. It's time to have like a game where again. I'm not asking for two and two. I'm asking for two hard hits on the forecheck. I'm asking for one face wash in a scrum. It's not the end of the world. And that's the part, like, forget about how I feel about all this. That's the part that's the most concerning is that there's just none of that going on. And man, like things spiral in this market. We've seen it. So yeah, I don't, I don't like, I, I'm with you on the concern there. I, I guess it's just like, I, cause I'm with you too. I wanted to love this guy. Like you, the long hair, the no tooth, everything about it, the last name, you just want to have the buy-in and it just hasn't happened and we've seen it so many times that I do wonder and then you just look at the cap hit of 5-5 and I'm not saying this yet but if this is what you're getting this team can't get that for 5-5 they've done the Nick Ritchie thing before I mean it's it feels like he'd be easier to move because it's only the one-year deal right like I I I don't think they would have that much of a difficulty I don't think a no move that's bad. That's a- <laughs> but if he hates it here, which who knows? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it hasn't been a great start. For like, him. how concerned are you? At the, do you think there's real possibility where they do eventually have to go Richie and just move off the money I to I? Because I don't think it's that dire yet. But I, I just see things spiral so much here before. So. Can I look ahead to June when it's warm? Maybe not June. That's a long. That's a long playoff run. That's a, that's a finals. How about how about the middle of May? Sure. When we look ahead here, and it's now November seventh, and we're all golfing again, and we're all happy again, and it's not getting dark at two p.m. Now. Ben Ben has a golf um, shirt on because he's going to go play golf today. By that's the way. correct. Wow. Oh, that's. I mean, it looks beautiful out there, uh, Ben. It should be a beautiful day. Um, I is it not? Isn't there I don't a world a where this? Sorry. No, I don't think it's very nice. I think it's no, raining. it's going to be like 10 um, degrees. No, it's not. It's 10 oh, degrees. Okay, 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 okay. Take it easy. Anyways, I'm just jealous of not golfing. Yeah, um, that is. I think there's a world which this is maybe not great for the regular season and then like the postseason starts and it's like similar to the Morgan Riley conversation where we dogged on him all year last year. Well, that's it. He, he had what, like eight? In the playoffs. He had eight goals during the regular season across two stops yes, uh, last year and then had the 10 points in, in seven games with yeah, the Bruins like, in the postseason, right? Was everyone yelling I at him really and bossing think- him, telling him he was no good? I think that's the concerning <laughs> part of this is that he did it in Detroit and then he got traded to Boston what? where it was nothing but sunshine and rainbows for that team all season long. Like that's the, it's just... It's different here. And Connor like, is out, eh? I'm not. It's not. I would I would love nothing more than it to be wrong, but we can't sit here and pretend that playing for a Boston team where nothing went wrong until it was over and he wasn't a Bruin anymore, playing for Detroit is remotely the same thing as playing for this Leafs team right now. I, I, I pray that this conversation sounds ridiculous by the time the playoffs roll around. I would love nothing more, but, man, like the Morgan Riley thing, his track record in this market, he'd been playoff mode to a certain extent before, and Bertuzzi has as well, but it's just, 
it's the body language doctor. Like the old Bill Simmons body language doctor for me. It just, it so clearly looks like he's wearing it. Does it, do you see the same thing there? Yeah, of course. Yeah. yeah. I just said, like, he looks like he hates it here. I said that <laughs> twice. I, it's, it's pretty obvious he's not enjoying himself, fellas. But, like, uh, hockey's a funny thing. One bounces in off his butt. He gets a couple bounces. He could turn it around. Like, I'm not totally giving up, but it's going bad right now. Got to yeah. stick. Do you have to keep him with Tavares and Nylander just the way everything yes. else is kind of fitting in? That yes. That's the other concerning yes. part is you can't give him the jump, right? Like, you'd ideally love to say, cause, but it hasn't worked, but ideally in a perfect world, you'd say, all right, like Mitch Marner, Straw that serves a drink, all that stuff, but everything else is clicking, so you kind of got to stick him there and nice. keep everything else. Yeah. Hope hope that line figures it out. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I, I, you do. Well, do you have a different idea? Ben? No, no, I don't. No, I was gonna say. I mean, oh, he's, he's got a slumming with uh, William Nylander, who had been this team's best forward for it's like. Not, a... <laughs> it's not slumming it. It's not a matter of slumming right. it. It's just saying like that. That trio is clearly not working at this very moment right now. I believe two thirds of that trio can get it going in mm-hmm. spades, and there's a third guy who, in theory, should mm-hmm. work. We just like to see it in practice as opposed to in theory. Yeah. 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 Hey, man. Good at bunting for. Boy. Good at bunting for four eight. Yeah. Could add uh, bunting yeah, yeah, for 4-8. Great. great. And then uh, I'd have to watch a guy flop around the whole game and, you know, be a bluffer every game. I guess, I guess Bertuti, at least he does nothing. He's going to get pissed that, off. That's much. better? Okay. Sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Make sure that belt on that uh, robe is nice and tight, Sammy. I'll no. See loose. Yeah. Thanks. See you, boys. Take care. Sam McKee, real kipper and born. He was our insider, brought to you by Don Valley North Lexus, where you can expect excellence online and in the showroom. Visit Don Valley North Lexus. We have another Toronto Argonauts playoff football giveaway for our listeners today. Saturday, November 11th, the defending Grey Cup champion Argos facing off against the Montreal Alouettes at BMO Field, 3 p.m. To enter for a chance to win two tickets to check out the action, text today's code word ARGOS to 590-590. Again, today's code word is ARGOS. Text it into 590-590 right now to enter for your chance to win tickets to Saturday's game. Giving away one last pair of tickets tomorrow. But if you don't win with us, you can get your tickets to Saturday's game at Ticketmaster.ca. When we come back, could have been an astronaut. Josh Dobbs decided to be an NFL quarterback instead. Working out pretty well. Boy, would the Jets look a little different, maybe with Astro Josh. Uh, We'll talk to uh, Peter King of of NBC Sports and Football Morning in America next. As the Fan Morning Show continues, Ben Annis, Brent Gunning, Sportsnet 590, The Fan. Breaking down the top stories in hockey and Elliot Friedman every day. The Jeff Merrick Show. Subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Fan Morning Show, Sportsnet 590, The Fan, Ben Ennis, Brent Gunning. So yesterday before, I guess it was after, no, it was after the the Monday nighter. Charger safety, uh, Derwin James asked Aaron Rodgers, hey, when are you coming back? And he said, a few weeks. Boy, they could have used him yesterday. <laughs> Probably could have used Josh Dobbs as well as uh, the Chargers take the uh, Monday Nighter over the Jets, dropping them to 4-4 uh, four and four with a 27-6 victory to wrap up Week 9 of the NFL season. Let's talk to uh, Peter King of NBC Sports and Football Morning in America. How's it going, Peter? Everything's going good, guys. How about you? Good. I, I want to talk to you about Germany, which you just uh, you were in Germany for that that great great uh, morning affair between the the Chiefs and and Dolphins, which didn't uh, look like it was going to be great when uh, the Chiefs jumped out to a twenty one nothing lead. But let, let's talk a little bit about this Jets team that 
It felt like something yeah. magical was happening when they were above 500, and I, I think more than a few people picked them to to beat up on a not beat up, but beat a a flawed. Uh, Chargers team, especially defensively, it's just they got nothing out of the quarterback position. And Josh Dobbs did move, and he went to the Vikings in an incredible story on Sunday. It just It's hard for me, Peter, not to think about what that Jets team looks like with Josh Dobbs under center, anybody other than Zach Wilson. Well, there's probably about 10 teams you could say that Josh Dobbs would be an improvement over their guy right now. And so, you know, that's just one of those things. That's football. And let's remember also that Josh Dobbs has had some clunkers this year when he played for Arizona. I think it was, unless they're not trying to win, surprise, surprise, I don't know why you're trading Josh Dobbs for a bucket of balls or whatever it is they got for him. Um, So that was not very logical to me. But having said all that, I mean, look, the Jets, you know how uh, I think Juju Smith-Schuster said a couple of years ago, the Browns is the Browns. And and look, <laughs> you want to, everybody wants to believe in the Jets, okay? Because that defense is a top three, top five defense. So everybody wants to believe in them. But you can only deodorize the quarterback position by using so much deodorant, you know, and Zach, I'm not saying Zach Wilson is never going to be a player. Look, there's been a lot of guys in NFL history who on their second shot or after sitting for a while, that's why it was so important to not just the Jets future, but Zach Wilson's future that he be, a student behind the tutor this year. That was going to be invaluable to Zach Wilson and to the future of the Jets. And the unfortunate thing is Zach Wilson, after four snaps, was made the guy. And look, with all due respect to everybody now who's going to be a big Josh Dobbs fan after that miraculous performance on Sunday, you know, there's a reason uh, why Josh Dobbs has been on 17 teams or however many it is. And again, I love Josh Dobbs. He's one of my favorite people and players, uh, you know, in the NFL without any question. It's a great story. He's a great guy. This is a guy who grew up, by the way, in Alpharetta, Georgia, wanting to be one of two things, a pro football quarterback or an astronaut. And for those who say, ha, 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 this guy interned with NASA after his second year in the NFL. <laughs> so I, he spent, he spent the off season working for NASA. So, so look, he's a great story, but you know, as far as the jets go, as far as Zach Wilson goes, you know, it's just not their year period. Yeah, no, it's not. And you, you mentioned the, the idea of the tutelage there under Rogers. Like we're probably having a very different conversation if Rogers goes down, you know, this weekend, let's just, let's just say it was last night in the Monday yeah. nighter and, and Wilson's had nine weeks of not the reps, but just the experience of watching Rogers yeah. as a starter and yeah. working under him and, and there. And uh, yeah, if, if Josh Dobbs is the most likely player to intern with NASA, I just would, I'd be curious to, if Rob Gronkowski is the least, that's who immediately kind of jumps to my <laughs> mind. You don't have to answer that one. I'm just throwing it out there. I do want to talk to you about the the Germany game, Peter. And, you know, Ben and I, we, we kind of see this one uh, a little differently. So, so I'll get you to weigh in here. You know, if the score of that game was flipped, 
and the Dolphins beat the Chiefs 21-14, and one of them came on a defensive touchdown, we'd be saying, that's a nice win for, for a Dolphins team. But I don't think we would say it as, well, it's proof positive of exactly what they are. But this Chiefs team, much like the Eagles in the NFC, is as long as they check the box, we're saying, yep, they are exactly what they've been through, throughout this run. What did you take away from, from that, that Germany game? Because to me, that looks like a Dolphins team that, you know, proved they can hang with the, the Chiefs to a certain extent. Well, what did you take away from from it. I'll give you two things for each team. Number one, Kansas City's def- you know defense won that game. Um, I uh, was reporting there for NBC. I talked to Mahomes on the field for Football Night in America after the game, and then I, I spent a little bit of time with him in the locker room as well. Twice he said to me, "Listen, I can promise you, we're going to get this offense fixed." I trust him. I think they're going to be better on offense, and I think they'll figure it out. But right now, their defense is a load. I think the second thing is, you know, Travis Kelsey said something interesting after this game about how, you know, one of the things that Kansas City has learned is that every week, you know, they've won two of the last, what, four Super Bowls. And they have learned right now that every week, like last week in Denver, that they are going to get everybody's best. And if they're off even a little bit, they could lose to almost anybody. So, and so I think Kansas City, because the offense is mortal, they're a little bit more mortal than they have been. That's, that's my Kansas City take. My, my Miami take is, <clears throat> look, I'm not – I like Tua Tagovailoa. Uh, I really like the way he plays. I like how he tries to take care of himself a lot better this year than he has in the past that was on display against Kansas City. But I'm just really bothered by the fact that on third down, the second to last play of the game, he threw a ball that was 20 yards away from where his receiver was. It was a horrible throw and or a bad, uh, you know, a bad adjustment on uh, a pass route by Cedric Wilson. I don't know which one. Nobody was throwing anybody under the bus after the game. That was bad. But what might have been worse is a quarterback who allows the most decisive play of the game to go through his hands so that it's almost a they want a mulligan. It's like a never mind. And that ha- that's how the game ended. Miami easily, I think, if one or both of those plays is different at the end, takes the game to overtime and who knows what happens. But that bothers me about Tua. Those two plays, the biggest plays of the game, he was bad. You know, just bad. But I think in general, Miami, even though they have not beaten a good team this year, uh, I think Miami is going to be okay. I don't know that they're going to be a Super Bowl team, but I think they're going to be okay. And I think if Miami and Kansas City play 10 times, Kansas City wins six. But Miami definitely would create a little damage in that series. 
Yeah, in those three losses to above 500 teams, they've maxed out at, at 20 points. And I get it. The, the Chiefs have the best defense of the Mahomes era right now, it does appear. And yeah. the Eagles obviously have right. a great defense. And the Bills, that was before they had all their defensive injuries, right, in week four. I mean, speaking of which, how do you power rank those two teams in the AFC East? A lot, a lot of people after their loss to the Bengals talking about the Bills and their precarious playoff situation. I mean, they have another... Dolphins game upcoming and and obviously this loss for for the Dolphins in in Germany is huge for the Bills as far as their division title hopes are concerned but that doesn't not only does it not look like a, a beast of the AFC and a team that can challenge the Chiefs and the Bengals yeah. at the top of the conference it looks like yeah if they don't win the division maybe they are going to have trouble making the playoffs you know we all looked at that division at the beginning of the year and that was obviously pre-Rogers Achilles and we all thought because I certainly did. That's the best division in football. And, you know, not only have the Patriots fallen to earth with a thud, but now the Jets, uh, look, the Jets game of the year is Sunday in Las Vegas against a resurgent Raiders team. And also against, uh, you know, if, if, if the Jets lose this game, they're four and five, and I don't see a path to the playoffs for them. But having said that, you know, I, I think the two teams at the top, I, I, I think Miami's a little bit better, but I also think that Buffalo has such great experience in playing Miami. It's kind of the, uh, the sometimes it doesn't really match up what you see in terms of the scores and who wins and who loses. Some teams are just good matches for other teams. And right now the Bills, I think, are a very good match for the, for the uh, Dolphins. But, but, I will just say this. Vic Fangio always said, the defensive coordinator of the Dolphins, sometimes it takes a while to learn his scheme. And I think now they don't play the Dolphins here for a month or so. I think that by the time they play again, that's going to be a different defense. Uh, a non-big play defense uh, that, you know, don't give up big plays. Uh, it's just going to be a different defense than uh, the one that uh, that Miami saw in September. Yeah, and I mean, even even just uh, the case of getting Jalen Ramsey back, right? Like, for from the Dolphins' yeah. perspective there, it, it certainly uh, can, can change things. You know, we're going to have a lot of time to talk about the Eagles, so I'll park my Eagles question now. Uh, I got to go to Houston where CJ Stroud is yeah. uh, among the most fun stories of the year. What is this? You know, I know NFL teams aren't, aren't don't necessarily operate on a, you know, a window to win or a clock the way other teams do, but what does this do to the impetus to move things along here in Houston? You know, a quarterback that can play like the way Stroud has proven he can play on a rookie deal is among the biggest advantages you can have in this sport. I mean, part of it was the longer view plan of things, taking things slow. Does this change things for the, the plan to kind of build things up over the next year or two here in Houston? Because this isn't a nice rookie year from Stroud. This is like transcendent stuff we're seeing. Well, I, as I wrote my column the other day, C.J. Stroud's a pace uh, to throw for more than a 1,000 yards, more than Peyton Manning threw for in his rookie year. So, you know, that's <laughs> impressive, you know, obviously. But but I guess, I guess I would make two observations. Number one, I thought Houston traded way too much to move up to get Willie Anderson 
uh, you know, one of the or the best defensive player in this draft. But and because I said, man, that could be the first pick in the draft. Well, now it's going to be a middle-of-the-round pick, so good for them. They made a smart mm-hmm. trade moving up for Willie Anderson. And remember, <clears throat> even though they've traded away their one next year, they still have Cleveland's one, so they're still going to get a building block piece, whatever pick that is, 18, 22, 23, 16, I don't know, whatever. But So, so they're, they're in good shape. But I remember talking to C.J. Stroud on the phone after they went and killed Jacksonville, like in week four in Jacksonville, whatever, 37 to 20 or something. But, I mean, they, mm-hmm. they, they handed it to him. And I'll never forget, he talked about how, how ridiculous it was, this narrative that, well, okay, you're building for the future. And he said, never in my life have I walked onto a field and said, man, you know, we're under the gun today, but let's just play as good as we can. He said, (laughs) I think I'm going to win every game I play. Do you think, I mean, Jackson, he said, now Jacksonville's probably a top 10 team. There is no doubt in my mind we're better than Jacksonville. And he said, as a competitor, that's what you have to think like. I went to Ohio State. I never entered a game saying, well, let's give them the best shot we can. You know, and I think that is something that we on the outside, looking at it maybe a little bit analytically and less emotionally than a player does, I think we don't see that stuff. We don't necessarily think of that stuff. But if you're a player, especially a player that comes from a winning program, you think all this stuff about building for the future is nonsense. And that's really the sense I get from C.J. Stroud. Yeah, no, it seems like he's he is him, <laughs> and and Will Levis, uh, he might be him as well. And uh, jury uh, more out on on Bryce Young to be sure. And uh, yeah, incomplete on Anthony yeah. Richardson. Um, the the Cowboys, you know, they were driving to 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 win the game in the fourth quarter against the Eagles, thanks to a couple of flags for sure. And boy, you look at the line score for Dak Prescott: twenty nine of forty four, three hundred and seventy four yards and three touchdowns, no picks, but. I think you watch the game and you you look at the delay of game and you look at the sack and you look at the fumble. It's I, I know that the Cowboys didn't embarrass themselves the way they did in that uh, hugely hyped matchup against the 49ers. I don't know. Were, should you be encouraged if you're a Cowboys fan that they, they at least hung with the Eagles? Here's the point I would look at with this game. This is why football at times is maddeningly difficult to forecast. And why I think anybody who bets on football, I mean, I don't get it. I, I mean, okay, you want to have skin in the game and all that stuff, but, I mean, it, how do you know who's going to win these games? And that, and that last drive is such a perfect example. In the span of 14 seconds in the last minute of the game, the officials handed Dallas 51 yards. Mm-hmm. in penalties 14 seconds 51 yards boy great drive by the cowboys what do you mean it got handed to him on a silver platter and then five more yards on the jalen carter encroachment so they're getting they, they got 56 yards for free out of the 80 that they actually advanced the ball so again and look it, but that's that's football just like the ball goes through to his hands on the last play of the game that's football that's mm-hmm. you know you just can't predict it. But I think 
here's what I'm left with on the Dallas Cowboys. You know, we are about three years past the stage of moral victories. And sometimes you have to say, A, sometimes the other team is better. B, at some point, even though Dak Prescott, and I, I did not see the game, I, I have to admit that, my only, my only thought is at some point, Dak Prescott's got to make a couple of plays to win a humongous game that very likely determined the outcome of the NFC East Sunday in Philadelphia. At some point, he's got to win those games instead of just saying, man, you know, played valiantly today. Yeah, I'm I'm with you. We we continue to wait for it. Uh, on the flip side of that game, maybe this is un, unfair to say, but to me, it kind of it's not that the Eagles can't be beaten. I just don't think a team can beat them. It feels to me like they can only beat themselves. <laughs> is that a fair way to kind of look at yeah. this Eagles team? Because well, I've been trying to compare and contrast them and the Chiefs because I feel differently yeah. about them, but I feel like I should probably feel more similar than than I do different. Thirteen days from now. One of the games of the year in the NFL, the Andy Reid Bowl. Mm -hmm. Philadelphia at Kansas City, Monday night football. And since Andy Andy Reid left, Philadelphia zero wins in the series. Kansas City four, including the Super Bowl. So, I mean, at some point, you know, that you start to say, I sense a trend. And, And look, they're similar teams right now. Both of them have rising defenses. Philadelphia's offense right now is better. And Kansas City's got to find some solutions here in the next two weeks because, uh, you know, Mahomes told me we got to get better. And I promise you we will get better on offense. And, and I, I believe him. And I want that guy. He's the best player in football. But at some point, time for talk is over. In the last two games the last eight quarters their offense has put up 23 points they used to put up 23 points and a half Mm -hmm. now they've put up 23 points in the equivalent of four halves so you know they just if they're not better and and i'll tell you one interesting little sign uh i knew i was going to get andy Reid after the game uh sit down and talk to him just one-on-one because uh, I usually do it when I cover one of their games. And they said, okay, just wait outside his office here. I waited for 17 minutes. The door was closed, and he was alone with Matt Nagy, you know, the offensive coordinator. And so I'm sure they weren't saying, hey, uh, when we get back to Kansas City, where do you want to have dinner? Uh, he's, saying to, he's saying to Matt Nagy, what the F are we going to, now Andy doesn't curse. So what are, what are we going to do to fix this? You know, and uh, that's something they got to figure out in this bye week now. Yep. Uh, It's a, it is a, it does feel like it's them though. And the the Bengals atop the AFC uh, once again, Uh, Peter, uh, always appreciate the time. Thanks for doing this. All the best guys. Thank you. Uh, There's Peter King, NBC sports football morning in America. No offense to the Ravens. Okay. Okay, I'm, uh, I'm good on that. And even even though the Ravens have beaten the Bengals in their first of two meetings mm-hmm. atop the AFC North, that was with the diminished version of Joe Burrow. And you just beat him by, like, a single score. Yeah. Who cares? With diminished Joe. Yeah. No, no, no. 
You're, you're, you, don't, you don't get to be in the the exclusive top of the AFC club uh, with the Chiefs. And, and I, okay, I understand what, what Peter's saying, and I understand what you're saying yeah. about this Chiefs offense. And yeah. yeah, you can point to the lack of weapons. There's no mm-hmm. obvious candidate to jump for. It doesn't matter. They got Patrick Mahomes. Like, I, here's what I would take. I would take a Chiefs offense with some question marks and some obvious... Mm-hmm. You know, lack of skill outside of Patrick Mahomes, but with the best version of their defense in Patrick Mahomes' tenure as quarterback in Kansas City over, you know, some of the previous incarnations of of the Chiefs. Like, I think Patrick Mahomes is going to figure it out. I think that's a great place to start when you're limiting the opposition to fewer than 20 points every single game. It is as good a place to start as any. I'm sure it's a very different feeling for Patrick Mahomes to not have to win every game 45 to 38 or whatever Chiefs games always seem to to end up as. But on the flip side of things, like he has had a ton of weapons his entire time there. And I'm not I don't look at me like I'm saying he's propped up by his weapons. Not at all. He has been the one propping things up there in Kansas City. Him and Andy Reid and Kelsey. The yeah, but they wave goodbye to Tyreek Hill yeah. and uh, again, dude, yeah, but, won a Super Bowl. But the but they have a complete they have a complete dearth. Like they went out, they bring back McCole Hardman because mm. that's the guy they just have to have. And hey, like familiarity, it's an important thing in the NFL. I I just I can't wait for that game. Two weeks from now, Monday nighter, standalone. Leafs better not play that night. I'm going to be so mad if there's a Leafs game that night. <laughs> uh, that Eagles schedule is hilarious, too. I, I, okay. I guess you can laugh at, uh, you know, the, the Cowboys being part of this vaunted gauntlet. That was not an easy game by any stretch of the imagination. Oh, that's right. I do remember it now. I gave it to you last week. I don't have it in front of me. Yeah, it's, uh, they, so they're on by this week. And then, yeah, they've got that Chiefs Monday nighter. And then, okay, I guess you can laugh at maybe this Bills matchup as being a tough one. But still, it's the Bills and it's Josh Allen, yep. right? And then it's... The Niners, mm-hmm. and then it's Dallas again, and then I guess you can laugh at, at Seattle after they didn't score a touchdown against the Bengals, but that's, that's I mean, that wraps up a pretty pretty difficult six straight weeks of football for an Eagles team that only has one loss this season. Yeah, and then, you know, we always talk about teams going into the playoffs on the right note. Yeah, I don't know that this is the right <laughs> note of Giants, Cards, Giants to close thing out. I mean, yeah, I guess at least, Tommy DeVito. at least you hate the Giants if you're Philly. Like, there's something there, I guess, of a rivalry game, but yeah. that is not the murderer's row. Like, they're going to feel like they go from Cabo to hell when well, the playoffs start. I Yeah, I, I feel like that's it, it's, it's that's a rust versus rest situation because they're I, they're gonna, then they're going to get the bye. They're not well, going to have played a gonna, real football for game a in month. a month. Yeah, it's gonna be four consecutive weeks of uh, no football for uh, the only one loss team left in the NFL. Yeah, pre-built excuse for if they don't win again. All right, uh, Maple Leafs win again against the Tampa Bay Lightning. Yeah, We've got an All Canadian Battle of Ontario tomorrow against the Ottawa Senators. We're going to look to run our record to two and zero in attendance uh, league uh, games. But should they lose, not our fault. Yeah, that's uh, also true. Uh, we'll take credit for victory, though. All Thank right, you. this has been the Fan Morning Show. Bad Ass Frank Gunning, Sports F Five Ninety Fan. Good, Good morning. morning.